Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to be a more productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to take my free seven-question productivity quiz. You can do that by going to my website, Mr productivity.com. It's right there on the homepage. On the show today, Mike Cameron. He's a Canadian writer, speaker, philanthropist, ultra marathoner, and a really great guy with a lot to share with us. Now, after you listen to the episode, we would like to know what you think of the episode. What questions? What are your takeaways? And the way to do that is to go to the following URL. Yes, it's a mouthful, but don't worry. It's going to be in those show notes as well. com slash blog slash Mike hyphen Cameroon. Okay. I know it's a mouthful. Go to the show notes, get the link there. So listen to the episode, then head on over to the website, leave your comment and take away. We'd really love to hear from you. So let's get to the interview. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here. And you're from Canada, the great white north. The, the great white north is absolutely correct. I'm up in Edmonton, which is uh, a fair ways north. So yeah, it stays pretty white and pretty cold for a very long time up here. Now, today is May 5th. Please tell me you don't have snow on the ground still. No, oh. probably a week ago though. We really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to live in Rochester, New York up until 1997, and I did not like the unpredictability where you can get snow before Halloween and it could last to Easter. And then the next year you may get nothing. And the next year you may get like three degrees for the whole winter. And so I said, you know what? I know down south in Houston, Texas, where I live with my wife, it's going to be hot, stinking hot from May through the end of September every year. And I like the predictability. I can count on the heat. So to each zone, I guess. Yeah, it's taken me a long time, but I've finally embraced the winter and, and taken up some of the winter sports, snowboarding, ice climbing, all that kind of stuff. Now, you must be a hockey fan, right? I I am a medium hockey fan, I'd okay. say. Well, it's interesting is when I used to live in Rochester, New York, people down in the United States think they're hockey fans. But if you look at the rosters of your team, they're mostly from Europe and Canada. Very few American players on there. And where the world stops here for the Super Bowl up there, like hockey night in Canada, I mean, everything stops when Canada's playing up there, especially when you have two Canadian teams playing. So it's like a religion up there in Canada. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's, and that's how most people know Edmonton, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Edmonton uh, either, Oilers. Either, <laughs> yep. Either, either uh, the West Edmonton mall or Wayne Gretzky. Those are kind of <laughs> two claims to fame. Now, were you there when he was traded to the LA Kings? No, I was not. I was in, uh, in Vancouver, British Columbia before this. Okay. Yeah. I heard it was, uh, a lot of people were crying when that, when that trade was announced. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure there were a lot of fans that were heartbroken. Yeah, but uh, this is not a hockey podcast. It's not a sports podcast. It's a productivity and optimum performance podcast. And Mike's expertise is about the impact emotion has on human behavior. And Mike, we are going through something very, very interesting. We are going through the global zombie apocalypse pandemic right now. And I got to believe this is affecting our human behavior. Yeah, there's no question. There is absolutely no question that this is impacting us in a very, very big way. And how we deal with it as individuals, 
I, I think is really, really interesting. It's, it's part of what I talk about. I use, uh, I use a framework. I use the analogy SOAR, slow down, open up, accept, and reconnect in a lot of my teachings and a lot of my practice. And I, I think you know, that framework works really well when dealing with some of the challenges that COVID-19 has presented with us. And of course, no one has any experience dealing with anything like this because I don't think anyone from 1918, the Spanish flu of 1918 is still around. So we're all like, uh, what do we do now? And one of the things I've been telling people, Mike, is stop listening to the talking heads. Listen to people Mm -hmm. who are virologists, uh, who are infectious disease experts, the scientists. Those are the people we should be listening to. You agree? Oh, I 100% 100% agree. The The problem we run into today is opinions have become facts. <laughs> yes. And, and, and that that's problematic. So to be honest, I, I try and tune out of a lot of that. I mean, I've got my, you know, locally here, we've got our, our, uh, our premier and our, our chief medical health officer that comes on every day and gives us an update. And, and I tune in for that for, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes to get my updates. But other than that, I, I try and stay out of it because yeah, it just, there's too much hyperbole and, and negativity out there. Um, and I think, you know, you can, you can miss some opportunity that this presents if you get too sucked up into caught up into all the hype and the rhetoric that, that is out there. A hundred percent. So let's talk a little bit more. Let's dive a little deeper into your SOAR framework. Walk us through, uh, here's what I want to do. I want you to take each letter of the SOAR framework and give us one really simple thing that we can do. As you know, I'm a big fan of simplicity that mm, the listener yes. can say, Oh, I could do that today because that's simple enough. So walk us through that, please. Yeah. Well, the slowdown, I mean, I think is, is the most important one. And maybe we should circle back afterwards to, to sort of where that, that came from. But for me, slow down is really just about practicing that pause. Hmm. And taking a moment, taking 60 seconds. It's one of the things, you know, for 16 years, I, I built and led uh, an eight-figure organization. And, and that's one of the things that we would do within our meetings is just open with a slowdown. Just start with the pause. Is that because and people it, are so busy going from activity to activity? Yeah, I, absolutely. I think so. Well, the, the, the problem is, and, and I've been guilty of this myself, for me, this really comes from experience. Yeah, we get so caught up in this hustle, 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 productivity, busy, 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 that sometimes we get so wrapped up into it that we, we, we can't see the forest for the trees, so mm. to speak. And, you know, again, I'm a big fan of productivity. I know your listeners are big fans <laughs> of productivity. But sometimes we can get more done with ease than we can with effort. You know, you oh, talked I about love that. I love that. Say that again, because that is that is that's tweetable right there. Yes, sometimes we can get more done with ease than we can with effort. Wow. And I think you know to go back to the hockey analogy. If if you're a hockey fan, you've heard you've heard the term gripping the stick too tight. Mm-hmm. When the guys, you know, Wayne Gretzky having a bad night, he's gripping the stick too tight. It's he's just putting too much effort into it. When you can just sit back, slow down. And just get into that flow state and ease into it. And, and for me, I'm I'm a, a climber as well. I really enjoy rock climbing and ice climbing. And when I first learned to climb, that was one of the things. You know, as as a guy, so so it was um, a woman that taught me how to climb, and she used to yell at me when I was on the wall in, in the gym to climb like a girl, climb like a girl. <laughs> 
because I was, I was climbing like a dude. We want to power through things. We want to put all our might and muscle and effort into this stuff. And when I watch some of the best climbers in the world, if you watch them, they just make it look effortless because they're, they're using skill, not strength. And so when we can just relax into what we're doing, we can slow down. I think it allows us to be much, much more product productive. I so, love that. So- and and I, I will, I will add one thing to it is I have an Apple watch and one of the things on the Apple watch is the breathe app and you can set it to breathe anywhere from one to 10 minutes. And what's amazing is I have this thing alert me 10 times a day to breathe for one minute. And yes. when I first started doing this, I'm like, ah, I'm busy right now, but you know what? That's the time I should take a minute to push back away from my desk and breathe for a minute. And when I do that, Mike, I know this is going to be, it's going to shatter your, 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 your illusions, but it actually works. I mean, yeah. when I sit there and I actually breathe deeply for one minute and then I resume my work, I'm like, I'm in a totally different state. And I only slowed down for one minute, but it was enough for my body to go, oh, okay, we got it now. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I, and I think too often, as you said, we get caught up in this. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. But we've always got time to take 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. And the benefits of that, just for even from an awareness standpoint, to be able to slow down, check in with our bodies, check in with our hearts, check in with our emotions, and find out where we're at so that we can make those informed decisions so we're not racing around making knee-jerk reactions, making decisions mm-hmm. on the spot without understanding you know, again, I talk about the impact that emotion has on human behavior. And if we don't understand the underlying emotion that drives the decisions we make, we have zero chance of living a purposeful existence. I love it. Okay. So that's as slow down. What's O again? Open up. Okay. So open up is, it's a couple of things in different contexts. It means different things for me. So open up for me, when I'm sitting here on my own and I'm just slowing down, I'm opening myself up to whatever's coming up just to notice, to realize. Or if it's in the context of having a conversation with you, maybe it's about opening up and sharing. You know what, Mark, right now I'm feeling really, I'm anxious, I'm nervous, I'm tense because we've got this podcast. It's really important to me. And let me just share with you that, that, that I'm a little stressed about this. Are you really? No. <laughs> I was just saying, I try not no. to make my guests feel stressful. <laughs> no, no, but 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 if but if I were, because this is a circumstance where, you know, it is important to me and I and I might be stressed about it. But if I can open up to you and say, look, Mark, I'm a little I'm a little tense about this. I'm a little stressed because I want this to go well. As soon as I articulate that, as soon as I open that up to you, it does a couple of things. I mean, it A, it deepens the connection between you and I, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I've been real with you. I've been honest with you. And it dissipates some of that feeling because I've been able to articulate it now. So just opening up and allowing that to come helps those feelings dissipate. Again, very simple. So we've got slow down, we've got open up, and now we're at A. Accept. Okay. And and that that's a big one. That's that can be challenging. So again, these so using the the example I just threw out there, if I if I were nervous having this conversation with you, you know, I could sit there and I could spin and I could talk about, come on, Mike, you've got 20 some odd years of experience. You've led a multi-million dollar company. You've got this. Why are you feeling nervous? This is ridiculous. And I could start to beat myself up 
about what I'm feeling. And of course, that just spirals it and gets further and further and further into this dark zone. Whereas if I can just accept, you know what? I'm a little nervous today and that's okay. And I can just accept whatever's coming up. And again, that that goes for yourself and that also goes for whoever's on the other side of the equation too. I have uh, have an aunt. uh, She served our country here in America for a number of years in the army. And she's got this phrase I love. It is what it is. And it's so powerful because, listen, it's what you just talked about, accepting, okay? If something happens, you got a speeding ticket, you got a flat tire, you forgot to pay the power bill, your power gets shut off. Well, stressing out isn't going to solve the problem. You just say, hey, it is what it is. What do I have to do to overcome this or to fix it? But I love those five powerful words. It is what it is. Yes, absolutely. Well, and, and accepting that from the other side as well. So whoever you're you're dealing with, their actions, again, you can be upset, you can be angry, you can be whatever, but it is what it is. You can't control their actions except that maybe their belief system is different than yours. And that's okay. And then act accordingly. Okay. Now we're up to the final letter of R. That's reconnect. And I use the term reconnect. And I talk about reconnecting with our emotional self. Because again, understanding the power that emotion has on human behavior is huge. And again, I can backtrack if if you want on that a little bit later. But reconnecting with our emotional selves. And I use the, the term reconnect versus connect. Because, and in particular... I do a lot of work with men in particular with men. We've become, we've been conditioned to disconnect from our emotional selves. I mean, let's face it. If you've got kids, you know that we're, we're not born disconnected from our emotions. If you, if you've ever seen a toddler, they're pretty connected with how they feel. They're pretty (laughs) good at articulating how they feel. So, you know, it's not that we were born disconnected. We've been, conditioned to become that way over time. And I think that's very problematic in, in a number of realms. So soar, slow down, open up, accept and reconnect listener. That's a really simple framework that you can start using today. So I encourage you to start using it. Don't just go, yeah, Mark and Mike, that's a really nice framework. What's next? We want you to do something with that framework. So please do. Now, let me ask you this question here. Um, you, you told me you went from literally begging crap to founding, building (laughs) and running an award winning multi million dollar business. Now, are you talking manure? I hope. And you're not talking about human waste. Yes. Okay. Yes. No, that's it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I, uh, and and it's, it's kind of funny because when I, I sort of look back on my journey and, and think about where I am today versus where I started. And as you said, yeah, when I was 18 years old, I literally started in a soil plant, in a garden supply, wholesaler (laughs) bagging crap. Wow. And eventually I moved uh, up into the warehouse. And eventually I, I got a job on the truck. I was driving the truck and eventually I moved into sales. And that was where I sort of first had that indication that my customers bought on emotion justified by logic. Because I mean, let's face it, nobody buys a bag of steer manure because they want to own a bag of crap. <laughs> they true. buy it for that feeling they think that's going to give them when they can grow that beautiful vegetable garden or grow that beautiful rose that's going to turn into this beautiful flower and smell delightful. 
they buy the feeling they think that crap is going to give them. So that was kind of my first introduction into this. And then as I sort of moved through my career, I started looking at, okay, well, if that's the case or, or that seems to be the case, is this true? And I started diving into the research behind that. Uh, there's a fellow by the name of Antonio Damasio, um, a lot of really, really good work on the fact that not only do we buy on emotion, uh, we in fact make our decisions based on emotion. And, and that's why I talk about, you know, if we don't understand the underlying emotions that drive the decisions we make, we have zero chance of living a fully awakened existence. And uh, ultimately, I went into finance. I sort of hit the, the glass ceiling at the Garden Supply Wholesale Company, um, continued sort of my quest for, okay, how do I build that emotional connection with my customer? If I want my customer to trust me and buy from me, because at the end of the day, I don't care what product or service you sell, we all sell the same thing. We sell trust. Mm. And in order to have our customers trust us, we need to build that emotional connection with them. My, uh, my next lesson came when I was 26 years old and I, I bought my first Porsche. And uh, I can assure you, there is nothing logical about buying a Porsche when you're 26 years old. <laughs> and the sales guy that sold me that Porsche, he knew that all too well. because <laughs> he, he got me, it was a bright yellow Porsche. First one on the West Coast at the time. It was right when the, the it, was, uh, it was what they call the poor man's Porsche. It was a Boxster. It was the first year they came out. And uh, I remember going into the dealership and, and this guy was good. He got me into the, into the seat of the car and, oh, feel that <laughs> leather. How does that make, can you imagine driving this thing up the sea to sky highway? And he painted this picture for me. And then he said, how'd you like to take it out for a test drive? Oh, that would be wonderful. I said, <laughs> of course I took it out for a test drive. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm writing a check for a big deposit <laughs> on this ridiculously expensive car that I had no business driving. Hook, line and sinker, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> we buy on emotion and justify it by logic. And my logic at that time was, well, if I buy this fancy car, I'm asking people to trust me with their, their finances, their investment. So clearly my justification was, if I had a fancy car, people would think I was successful. Therefore, they would trust me more with their money. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, I'm, the reason why I'm laughing is you keep saying that we buy an emotion. And I'm a huge Apple fanboy, okay? Mm. I've got, you know, the Apple Music, the iCloud Drive. Of course, my wife and I have Apple Watches, Series 5 cellular we both have iphone 10rs we both have Macs, and today a newest member of our household was not a baby it was the apple home pod and so we're just ah. so sort of geeking out but when i tell people yeah we i try to justify it they just look at me dude you can't justify that stuff what are you nuts <laughs> i we bought an emotion i've always wanted to have a home pod i always wanted to have apple tv now we have apple tv plus we're just sold sold out into the whole apple uh atmosphere but like you said i cannot justify an iphone because any smartphone does mostly the same thing but i bought an emotion because there's to me there's something about buying an apple product i am such a nerd mike I have saved mm. every box, every phone, every Mac, every Apple TV, and now the HomePods in my closet because people like me are weird. We saved the boxes for our Apple products because, well, I did buy it on emotion. I'll freely admit that on the show. Yeah, no, and that's, I mean, that's a perfect example. I mean, Apple has done a wonderful job of tapping into that feeling 
of purchasing their products. And it is, it's a feeling for sure. You can, you can get, as you said, you can get any computer or smartphone anywhere, but you can't get that Apple experience anywhere. And I remember having before my Apple days, I would get a new laptop or a new computer. I wouldn't care about the box, but Apple, if you've read anything about Steve Jobs, I've read so many books about Steve Jobs. He cared not just about the functionality. He wanted to be beautiful and it took into the packaging the whole nine yards because no one I know has ever ripped open a box for the Apple product. It's just, they took, they took care for the packaging. A lot of, now more companies are doing this now. Yes. Uh, because they realize, Hey, that's kind of important because the experience happens when you get that package. It's not just the thing inside. It's everything in the outside. So a lot more people, they're coming on board late because Steve Jobs passed away a number of years ago, but a lot of people, they start judging your product or service, not from when you think they do. They've already looked at your website. They've already gone to your sales page. They've already opted into your newsletter. They're already starting to make an opinion and you haven't even spoken to them yet. So that's why we've got to be careful what we post on social media. So I don't talk about controversial things on social media because what if I say something about somebody and it gets picked up virally and all of a sudden I lost half the world as an audience. So I'm very careful that I think a lot of people, now if you're Kim Kardashian or something like that, you can get away with it. But most people, you have to be really careful because if you say the wrong thing and you make them emotionally go the opposite direction, it costs you a ton of money. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like you said, I mean, we, we buy experience now more than we do product. Yes. And I think that's important to remember as you're, you know, if you're a business leader, if you're a sales individual, I mean, it's all about the experience, you know, even leading up to this podcast, Mark, you do a great job with the experience. We had our pre-call, we talked it through. Um, I got my email telling me what to expect. I got me another email reminding me what to expect. I get a text uh, ahead of the show reminding me that we're, we're going on the show, setting those expectations, creating an, excuse me, creating an experience for me the whole way. And I, I think that is, there's so much to learn from that. And I'm a huge fan of process. You know, I ran a, a mortgage brokerage for 16 years and I just sold it last year. Um, but that was our big claim to fame was process and making sure that customer experience was comparable each and every time and dialing in that process to make sure that the experience is comparable every time. It's not going to be identical because every customer is unique, True, but it's, it's going to be comparable every single time. And by making sure you've got that process dialed in and automated, you know, again, from a productivity standpoint, know your process, find out where you can automate it, make sure you deliver it exactly the same each and every time. And your customers will know what to expect. Yes. So let's take a quick time out here. Let's talk about you're an ultra marathoner. Now, as my listeners know, I have been running every day for 981 days in a row. I started August 29, 2017. We had something called Hurricane Harvey here in Houston, and it dropped 51 inches of rain on Houston. Now, our particular part of Houston only flooded like about a foot of water, and then when the rain stopped after three days, it drained quickly. But during this storm, I read an article on runnersworld.com that said something along the lines of, what I learned from running at least one mile a day for 250 days. And I remember thinking to myself, I could run one mile a day. So now I run mm. three miles a day and 981 days. I'm 
May 24th be day 1000. Uh, August will be three years. It's crazy. So I love running because all you need is someplace to run and choose. Well, you gotta wear clothes. I mean, let's, let's not, let's assume that we're going <laughs> to, yeah. no naked running. Um, yes, but I, I love running. I used to ride my mountain bike and then I would alternate with running, but I fell in love with running. And of course, once you're on a run streak, you, you can't take a day off because then you start over again. And I'm, I'm not starting over again at one. I mean, if I ever had that surgery, I don't know what I'm going to do. I hopefully it never happened, but talk to us about your ultra marathoning. Yeah. Again, for me, it's, it's all about the practice. So I'm a big fan, you know, as a professional speaker, I talk a lot about these tips and tricks and, and you touched on it before. Um, but I talk, you know, I tell my audience often, I don't want you to try anything that we talk about. Instead, I want you to practice everything we talk about. And for me, that's part of what running is. It's about creating that discipline to practice something. And it extends, you know, what I learned in running extends to real life as well. And so, yeah, it started off with shorter runs and eventually I like to challenge myself. Um, you know, ultimately now I'm up to, to a hundred miles and unfortunately, you know, given COVID-19, my, my big race is, has been canceled this year. Uh, so we'll have to find something virtually to do, <laughs> but, now, but are you a yeah, trail it's, runner? It's, are you a trail runner? Do you run on the road? Oh, or absolutely. Okay. Trail, trail, trail for sure. Yeah. Okay. And any, anything I can do to get connected to nature, I'm all over that. Well, I would um, love to be a trail runner, but I suffer from this really weird thing called vestibular nerve disorder. I fell on black ice back in 1989 up in Rochester, New York. Uh, it had snowed, and then the temperature came above 32, and it melted, and then it got cold again, so it froze, and it snowed on top of it, so I'd go walking into work. I worked at the factory at the time, and like less than a microsecond, I went from my feet to my head. I didn't know what was going on. It took them like eight years to diagnose what it was, and they said, you've got vestibular nerve disorder. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Never heard of that before. What, is that part of my body? I had no clue. Uh, it's your balancing mechanism in the right. middle of your brain. And so yes. because of that, is I can only run on paved surfaces because, like, if you hit a divot in the uh, grass, you could you could compensate. I would fall over. Right. Yes. So I have yes. to be, um, you know, on hard surfaces. But I, I literally, because I go running when it's still dark out, so I just I found a mile uh, path around my house here where I can run safely, usually on sidewalks because I don't trust drivers, and so I run every day for three miles. Now I can't run more than three miles because. People say, well, why don't you run six or seven? Because then I'm going to get burnt out. Plus, 30 yes. minutes takes me about 29, 30 minutes. I usually run for 30 minutes. But if you know, I have a job to do, I've got this business to do. So if I'm running three hours a day, nothing's going to get done. So that's why I chose to do uh, 30 minutes a day. Yeah, no, I love that practice of, of consistency and, and repetition. I think it's extremely valuable. And like I said, for me, it's, it's about the lessons I can take off the trail and bring them into life. So, you know, one, one of the big things that I learned running a hundred miles is you can do way more than you thought you might ever yes. think possible. Yes. Uh, the key is just to breaking it down into smaller bite-sized pieces because, you know, when I'm standing at the start line, if I think about having to run a hundred miles, I mean, Mark, I can't run a hundred miles. I mean, in one race, but, I, but, but I, yeah, yeah. In one race, but, but I can run, to the first aid station and ah. then I run to the next aid station and then I run to the next aid station. And by the time I've run 90 miles, I may have to break it down. I may have to narrow my focus to the next 20 steps. Ah, like gotcha. Sometimes it, it gets to that point. 
So the same holds true in life. You know, when things get challenging, if I've got to think about, you know, all the things I have to do to build my career, it's overwhelming. But if I think about, okay, what's that next thing I need to do? Mm. Or maybe I need to narrow that focus to the next five minutes. What do I need to do the next five minutes? And and maybe again, in in this COVID-19 world where a lot of us are struggling financially and we've got these pressures on us that we've never had before. Maybe it's a matter of narrowing your focus to the next 60 seconds and just getting through that. You know, there's so much challenge with depression and anxiety these days. Uh, and then of course, you know, that's pre COVID-19 and now we add, you add a, a pandemic on top of it. And really it's maybe just a matter of narrowing your focus to getting through the next 60 seconds and just doing it 60 seconds at a time. Well, I'll share something. I'll, I'll share something on my show. I don't think I've shared it before. So you're, you're getting to experience this along with my listeners. I had a thrombosis, um, hemorrhoid about a year and a half ago. And most normal people would have taken time off, but not me. I mean, my time, it was really painful to run. I've also run when I had a really bad back. I mean, a really painful back. And I normally run, I'm averaging around 840, 850 a mile. And when I mm-hmm. had the, the, the hemorrhoid and when I had the, um, uh, the bad back, I was running about a 12 or 13 or 14 minute mile. But you know what? I did it. Because partly it's Apple's fault because I've got that Apple watch and I'm obsessed with closing my rings. And (laughs) one of them is running is exercising 30 minutes a day. But you know what? I slowed down and I said, you know what? I'm not training for a marathon. I'm not training for a triathlon or ultra marathon. I just want to run for 30 minutes. So I would go really slow. And I probably looked like a, a grandpa zombie or something like that. But I did it. I I, I didn't focus on, oh, how am I going to do it? I took one step at a time. Like when people ask me, how did you run 981 days in a row? Well, I ran one day, then I ran two, then I ran three. Yep. I didn't go 981 in one day. I, it's, it's baby steps. And I think you're, you hit a good point there. We have to worry about what is the next step we need to do. And so many people are worried about 30 steps, 100 steps down the lane. If you're going to summit Mount Everest, um, you can't show up at Mount Everest tomorrow and then summit Mount Everest. There's a process. Yes. You have to go at a certain time of year. You have to get a Sherpa. You have to get a you know uh, all the stuff, the gear and everything. You have to acclimate it and stuff. It's a process. And I think so many people, they're rushing through uh, and they're hurting themselves not only physically but also emotionally. But then you're you're missing the journey because you're in such a rush to get there. Okay, get up there. You're, okay, a summit at Mount Everest. All right, now what? Because you rush to get up there. Well, you didn't enjoy the climb. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, you nailed it. We have to be more committed to the process than we are interested in the outcome. And when we focus on the process and making that joyful, uh, life gets much, much better and the outcomes come. Yes. But if, but if you focus on the outcome bef- without committing to the process or focusing on the process, yeah, it, it can be stressful. It can be frenetic. And again, this is where that slow down piece comes back into play. Yes. So, I mean, you gave us so much to think about on the show today, Mike. Soar framework, slow down, open up, accept, and reconnect. Before we close, is there anything that we didn't talk about on the show today you'd like to share with us? No, I mean, I think just like I said, my sort of area of expertise is is working with men. And 
taking the time to slow down and, and check in with what's coming up for them emotionally. Because again, I think as guys, we've, we've been conditioned that feeling is not okay. The only, the only acceptable emotion is anger. Um, and usually anger is sadness masked or it's hurt or some variant of that. And I think it's just important as men to know that it's okay, A, to be not okay, uh, and B, it's okay to feel. And in fact, the more you can slow down and dive into those feelings, those emotions, the more purposeful you're going to be with how you respond to those feelings, those emotions, and you can have a much richer experience while you're on this planet. Love it. Where can we find you online? Uh, MikeCameron.ca. You can find all my handles there. I'm Axiom Mike on Twitter and Instagram as well. So what does Axiom Mike mean? Uh, Axiom is is the name of the, the company. Yeah, I've, okay. <laughs> I've been debating that. So it was Axiom Mortgage uh, Solutions was the company I founded. And okay. Built. But I, but I sold it in December of last year. So I don't know. I may have to change my handle. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But, but an axiom is a self-evident truth. So okay. we started that with uh, the intent that if you do all these things that you know you need to do, Mark, it's an axiom that you're going to be successful. It's an axiom that you're going to be productive. So, so that's where the, uh, the original name came from. And I think it's still appropriate today. Love it. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being on the show. Listener, you know, might give you a lot to think about today. Just pick one thing that resonates with you and go do it. If you try to do more than one. You're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to quit. We don't want you to quit. So, Mike, I really appreciate being on the show today. You are a rock star, my friend. All right, my friend. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to markstruchowski.com forward slash blog forward slash Mike hyphen Cameroon and let us know what you thought of the episode. If you didn't get that, don't worry. Just look in the show notes for this episode. But we really want you to leave a comment at that website because we want to hear what your takeaways and your questions are. Again, markstuchowski.com slash blog slash Mike hyphen Cameroon. And the link is in your podcast show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.